Well, what's going on, everybody? I'm Illy, Al Murray, Melbourne rapper, Melbourne artist, Melbourne jack of all trades here on the podcast. I don't know what else I need to do for this Perfect. intro, but there we go. I like that. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, uh, Is that yeah. how you write your music? That's it, yeah. <laughs> I got that rapper flow even for the interviews, bro. <laughs> what a natural. Welcome to the next episode of Introducing Everybody. How are you doing? Um, hopefully you enjoyed my chat with Sticky Fingers last week. They're great boys. Uh, it was good to see them again. Hey, um, we're here again. You're about to hear this chat with Illy from our mate Paddy's house. He's a mutual friend of ours. Um, and when I told uh, some friends, um, mutual friends of ours, that um, we're going to be there recording another episode, Paddy decided to put a spread on for us. So we, we ate really well. Uh, Peking Ducks, Reuben Styles uh, rocked up with his new little fresh baby, Remy. Um, Haley Mary uh, nipped out of the office works for us to get me a new SD card for my uh, road podcast recording equipment. Thanks for that, Haley. And uh, Officeworks aren't sponsoring us, but they're great people. And SD cards if you need them. Uh, and also Johnny Took from the TMAs was there too. So cameos galore in this chat with Illy. And we are, of course, sponsored by uh, Coopers again, which I know Illy and I enjoyed a few of. Welcome to the next episode of Introducing. Illy is our guest today, but mate, before uh, we crack into this episode, and I know that you're, you know your way around a beer, I'm going to crack open a cold can of Coopers. They are our sponsor today. It's Australia's oldest independent brewery. We're in a, a rainbow of colours though, bro, and we need to roll one before we kick off. So you pick the colour and we'll roll. Mate, bright green. Let's do it. Okay. Love it. Lucky I'm colourblind. is the only colour I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling. And ready? Two, three. Oh, symmetry. We're off. It's a boy. Oh, yes. (laughs) The gender reveal. Um, Every Cooper's Ale finishes its fermentation in the bottle or can. So we're giving it a good gentle roll. Uh, You mix through the flavorful sentiment, which is what you were just saying before we hit record. It's delightful, man. Yeah. It's the cloudy deliciousness that turns a great beer into the greatest beer ever, which is what I love. And here we are. Mate, thanks for chatting to us today. Thank you for having me, man. Feels like it's been a long time coming. I know. We've, we've run we've into each other for months. 150,000 yeah. times. Like, you've got to do the podcast. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm glad we finally teed it up. And we're at, so the last time we spoke about it properly, we were at uh, Patty and Beck's wedding. Yes. And now we're at Patty's house, which has been the scene of a few podcasts, I will say. Yeah. The scene of a few things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Podcasts and otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But we're here. Um, He's cooking us a feed today. Like Hayley Mary, who's also here, and we'll probably say something later. I did a chat with her here and- um. He was doing pumpkin on the barbie. And believe me, we didn't talk long enough for that to be cooked through because that was some of the worst pumpkin I've ever had in my life. But he can't hear this now. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's fine. No, yeah. mate, thanks for chatting to us. Um, yeah, we are at Paddy's house, which are mutual friends of ours. But you're a Melbourne boy and you, you come to work in Sydney. I like that. We were just talking about it before. Yeah. So I'm up here working on the final, the sort of final steps for the album, which has been a little while coming. Um, Obviously, with all the COVID stuff, it's kind of been a little disrupted, but we're getting to the final part of the album process. And for me, first 20, 
you're excited, you're on a new thing, everything's awesome. Then there's the 50% in the middle where it's just like, everything's fucks, everything sucks. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna, if this is right, if this is what people wanna hear, I don't know if this is what I like. Is this where it becomes work? This is where it becomes work. And yeah. then the final 25%, as everything starts taking shape, you get the direction and you start getting excited. And I feel like this trip and the, the last couple of weeks I've been up here, I'm starting to really see what the album, I'm starting to see the album form like mm. Voltron yeah. and um, and I'm starting to get excited. So I'm in that nice, like towards the finish, you can see the finish line and that's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm in a good spot, man. It's exciting. Where has it changed though from when it was in your head as Inception, let's say, as yeah. a movie, to where it is now? Because we were talking uh, again before we started recording about how those moments that are the best sometimes happen when you least expect it. For sure. Oh, well, what an Oprah question that was. It was, yeah. Very. <laughs> <laughs> we're going straight into it. I love it. No, it's- um. Um, I, I don't know. Well, as you know, I'm, a, I'm a, an artist, like a singer, rapper. I write my own top lines, but I don't really do any of the production. So I'll take, if, even if it's just simple chord progressions, and I'll write to that. But that idea won't sound like a fully fledged demo until I have a producer who then builds it up. So a lot of it is sort of biding your time. We've got an airplane going yeah, overhead. This is great. Yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is sort of biding your time and believing in the vision before you can actually see it brought to life. So that's kind of where a lot of the drag happens, where you've got ideas that you'd think are strong, but until someone can help accompany it with the music, mm. it's always a little bit of like, I know this is strong, but I'm not sure exactly where it's at. Do you then have someone that you take with you on – all your journeys or is having a different producer actually kind of significant because you're after a completely different sound here? Yeah. I mean, it, it really varies, bro. And I had a long-term collaborator up till the last album, um, but we've sort of, we, we, our relationship has kind of run its course yeah. and I've wanted to start working with more people and it's been a lot of fun. But in the last few years, the last album and this album, I've been traveling a lot more, working with new people and I love it. But there's a lot of like going in, you know, if you're in LA, you got to use your time well. If you have 10 days, you might be in with seven, eight, nine different producers that you may never have met before. So it's every day you're having the same introduction conversations. <laughs> the ideas might be cool. You might leave without anything. So it can get kind LA of- LA feels like they'll kiss your ass in the meeting. You know, you right. walk out going, oh you know, my God, I'm going to be exactly, the next Kanye yeah, yeah. West. Yeah. <laughs> and then you never hear from exactly, anyone. Exactly, yeah. The, 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 and the, also the, Kanye West was the worst example to use. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so red hot, bro. <laughs> who would be the example just quickly that we can throw in there? Who would be the example? Who do you want to be the next? Who do you look up to? I mean, in terms of production, like going to LA would be like working with like a Dre or something. Okay, perfect. Good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. Someone who hasn't criticized everything. Yeah, no, corner I'm just trying to think through my, I'm trying to think through the, the index in my head of like which production, which hip hop producer hasn't offended someone. But yeah, Kanye's up there in the league of his own at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, like it's been exhausting, but in the best way because you have to go through it to get to the gold anyway. So you kind of like you, you take it in your stride. Yeah, you right. Know? So you are a, you're, you're one man, right? Obviously. Yes. So does that? Ha I would assume it has its challenges, but also has its a huge amount of benefits. Yeah. Well, I don't have to listen to anyone's opinion if I don't want yeah. to. You know, yeah. um, I have obviously have the label and management and, and people that 
that care about it. But as far as creative direction, it's nice. Like, you know, we've been speaking with, um, with Johnny outside, who's part of the DMAs and Ruben from Peking Duck, both who are on the new single. And Ruben's is about to bring Remy the baby, which yeah. I think we dedicated. I spoke to Adam Hyde as Kelly Holiday. Yeah. And we dedicated that podcast to Remy. So there you go. It's going to be a cast of thousands here soon. That's it. So get all your plugs in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Straight up, bro. <laughs> but yeah, man, no, it's like, it's, there's a different, it's just a different dynamic. It's all I've ever done. I've always been a solo artist. So I like having that control. But then again, going back to the production stuff, when it's someone that you click with, you, it's, it's a collaborative process. And, and that's the only way that I can do it. Cause I can't make my own beat. If I was producing my own shit, mm. you'd never have heard of me because the production would be trash. <laughs> so I need other people involved, but it is nice to have an idea and be able to kind of see it through. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the way that I imagine it. So tell us about growing up in Frankston. From what I've yes. worked out, um, you've got Eddie Current Suppression Ring, Madison Avenue. And Madison then, Avenue, for real? Yeah. I did my yeah. research. Okay. And then Carl Cox. Carl Cox is there. Yeah. A couple of, couple of months a year. Yeah. 28 <laughs> days if you want to wind back really oh, far. Oh, 28 days. There yeah. you go. Yeah. They yeah. were the original Australian rap rock. They really were. Yeah. With their globe shoes. Yeah. Their- Franger boys from way back, yeah, bro. Right. Yeah. So what was it like then? Um, you're a young owl and you're growing up and you don't know what you want to do yet, but you're obviously listening to music. You obviously thought it was something you wanted to do. What were you listening to? Who were you hanging out with? Yeah. So I went from like basically grade five, grade six, listening to sort of, you know, not really being exposed to much other than what was on the radio and my parents' music to having like well, a- What were your parents listening to? Like what kind of house well, were da- you in? Dad's a massive Bob Dylan fan. Yeah. Sort of that era. Mum was like Beatles flat out. So that's sort of like 60s, 70s yeah. vibe. I've um, heard of them. Pretty solid. Yeah, I think, yeah, most, yeah, yeah. They're not exactly an underground <laughs> no, band. Wow, real indie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But nah, man. So like I, I grew up listening to that. And then when I first, uh, when I when I got to, yeah, the end of grade six, I got a drum kit for about six months. And uh, that was during like- Corn Limp Biscuit, so I got into that. Did you have the corn sweat man? I didn't, but the first oh song I God, learned how to play was, was Prisoner of Society by um Living End. Yeah, yeah. And that was the one song that I could faithfully play on the drums. Yeah. And then I got sick of it because I wasn't getting good enough, quick enough. Yeah. And I heard Tupac. And then I think my parents at the time were like, thank fuck, he's not gonna play the drums anymore. And then they heard me like blasting hit him up, which has like 52 fucks. <laughs> I'm like 12 years old. Like, oh, Jesus, we're out of the frying pan into the fire <laughs> yeah, on this yeah. one. And I never looked back after that, man. It was rap from then on. You know? Yeah, right. And then um, Aussie hip hop came a few years later because it was just, it was very underground and I was too young to really be a part of an underground scene. What, what year was this like? Because I, I, w- I would think that that would be kind of still quite rare being in Australia. Yeah. I mean, that's probably 2001-ish, okay. 2002. Because I think there's something happened in Australia. I, I may be making this up, but like I feel like now we're very much – we're, we're leaning into American music much more than I think maybe we should be British music. But maybe back then it was whole celebrity skin. It was a lot of rock. It was a lot of guitar. Yeah. You were really going against the curve. Yeah. Rap or was like- a, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> rap was a very sort of niche thing, but it was like there was- If you were into American hip hop, that was a thing. But the Aussie stuff that you- Like it's everywhere now that it's really it's been for two decades- that wasn't, there was no access to that. So like, I remember the first time being on Napster at a friend's house on a weekend and someone downloaded a Bias B song who, for people who don't know, is like an OG Melbourne rapper. And there was the first time I'd heard an Australian accent in a rap song. And I was like, what is this? And it took probably a year from then to even think that was cool. Cause I was so ingrained with, you know, just American rap. But as soon as I went to a show, and I saw it live. I was like, 
the overnight I went from doing my little raps in my notebook in an American accent. Thank fuck social media didn't exist then. Yeah. <laughs> but then I changed overnight into an Australian accent and, and again, never looked back. It was like, it's just been a gradual progression. And, and I feel like my time, my career has really coincided with the strength of the scene becoming what it is now. Yeah. You know, I was like, the, the hoods were already on their thing and I was because able to sort of get in the slipstream. It was always Hilltop Woods. Of course. Assume. Yeah. Um, but but it's funny because I remember early days of the podcast speaking to Mason from the DMAs and he said American accent is just more lyrical. Yes, it just it is. It sings ears. better. Yeah. But then I'm finding like the popularity of like where I look at um the chats and Amal and the sniffers <laughs> and people being themselves yeah. is actually what is selling now. So even sure. though Amal and the sniffers are going oh fuck yeah yeah, yeah. but they're, but they're, there's a charm in that like who doesn't is. love Amal and the sniffers? But the, the, you know, the point I guess is reason. there's no point being someone that you're not. No. And like going back to what you were saying, how it's come a bit full circle. I, I definitely see that like particularly since COVID and people not being able to tour, I think there's been a real resurgence of heavily American influenced stuff. Whereas up till 2018, 19, it was much more like we were in our and our own lane doing our own thing. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it, man. Like, you know, it's a, for a different generation. They'll figure it out themselves and what they like, they like. Mm. But I feel really like... I do feel like we came up in the best possible time yeah. for our scene and like for, for artists from Australia to be themselves exactly like you say, there's never, like you're never going to be able to convince me that that's not the right thing yeah. an artist should be. Well, there's no trajectory anymore either because, again, before we, we started recording- We really got into every talking well, no, point should, before the podcast. I should not have even looked at you before <laughs> yeah, I walked in. But I was talking about BB No Money and I don't think we've aired that yet, but he talked about like releasing like 200 odd songs in a year. You never know who's dropping. Hey! Hey! What's up, mate? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Hello, buddy. That's where I'm always going to drop. Luke. Oh, jumped one of mine. Oh, we're, we're talking about- Ruby Doob. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just relax. I told you it was relaxing. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've been working with Ili? I I certainly have. Uh, we've got a banger in the works and I'm fucking excited for everyone to hear it. Absolutely. Holy dude. We've already got a banger out as well. We just put a banger yeah. out. <laughs> bangers on bangers. Yeah. yeah. Bangers yeah. and mash. We've got a baby and bangers. <laughs> you are yeah. like, it's, it's a baby here. Yeah, yeah. Tookie's holding him right now. Oh, sick. <laughs> And Haley, whoa, she's uh, naturally very maternal. He just was screaming until she held him, and then oh, now really? he's chill. Now yeah. Tookie's terrified. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's thrown him in it. <laughs> but what? But how do you guys know each other? Come on, this is introducing. You know the real. Oh, yeah, we know. I reckon Groove in the Mood 2014. Yeah, how the we fuck are, do these clowns know each other? Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes oh. sense. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon we were was going from tent to tent looking for where the party was, and just heard loud dance music coming out of the Peking Duck tent. I was like, that looks like a good time. Yeah. And we've been mates ever since. Honestly, it was so perfect. Um, Yatesy came up backstage and goes, Oi, um, Al wants to meet you guys. And I was like, sick. We want to meet him too. And uh, I reckon three days later, we wished we never had. <laughs> <laughs> and eight years on, we're still wishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then how does the conversation about uh, uh, getting these, uh, well, getting Ruben onto the track and, and getting Tookie onto the track as well? Well, I mean, we've been talking about working together for so long. Yeah. Right. And then it just, I guess we were all sort of tied well, down. Is this in all Australia. from the same wedding? Did we, did we all organize all this from the <laughs> same wedding? <laughs> At the same bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. one bathroom, everyone has to share it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a much wedding. Taking a leak, of course. And uh, yeah, we've always wanted to uh, make songs together and 
you know, we had done so like a few times, but yeah, this one with Tookie just felt like a vibe from the, like straight off the rip and it felt so sick. And then after uh, Styles and Adzi put their little touches on it, it was like, oh, now it's a it's real track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's been coming for a while. I did a remix of um your boy of High way back in the day. That's right. And ever since then, it's just been like, man, let's get in, let's do shit. Never fully lined up. And then I guess being the downtime with COVID, it was like, fuck, we got time now. Let's get in. And we've done a few others since. It's fucking yeah, it's rocking. Yeah, I was listening to that one uh, we did with Zave the other day. Yeah. Holy dooly, that yeah. pops. Yeah, that's a low key banger. I'm pretty excited. Fucking hell. It's all, but it's all about relationships now, isn't it? Like, I mean, you're releasing albums and you're proud of it, but it, it, meeting people and, and working with other people, it, it feels that that's what it's about because you can, as coming from the other side, being a, a fan and a listener, you, you get that straight away. And it's nice to know that everyone gets along. 100%, man. Like, making music with your mates, like, fuck, if you can't do that, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. You know, like, but some people are pretty stuck up about it. This is what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's name it's, names, bro. Yeah. We want to know. Music <laughs> or the new selfless art known as podcasts. Another good thing to do with mates. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you notice we only do it and there's a feed and there's beers. Yeah. I just realized I'm in a room full of podcasters now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. New- yeah. Actually, actually, when's my episode coming out on the Peking Duck podcast? Yeah. Actually, the Blackers episode is, uh, Look, I don't know the date, but it's one of the best. It was ones. so funny when so, I walked out. I was like, oh, "I've just done a podcast with Peking Duck," and everyone goes, "You mean you did Peking Duck on your podcast?" I go, "No, no, they've got their own podcast." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time we'd ever like tried to interview Tim as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, yeah. So how'd it we, go? We had no idea. We just got him to coach us through interviewing him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It was fun. It's good content. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, out <laughs> on the listener app, I believe. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's to, right. You'll find that on the listener app. You had app. to sneak me into the opposition. Al, seriously, you had to sneak me into the opposition's building. Bro, I'm keen to hear it. Because these two don't know what's going on. Adam and Rube's like, come to a book. I was like, where is it? World Square in Sydney. I go, isn't that where the opposition live? <laughs> and so I got snuck upstairs and ran into a few people. But it was fun. It's fun. It's harmless. We're, we're clearly very uh, good at politics, you know. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. something we specialize in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, nice. So, um, well, thank you for letting me crash. I don't know, how are you okay. enjoying? What do you yeah, What do you got there? You got a nice Coopers. Oh, I got a uh, a batch brew. Yeah, yeah. You I, love, you it's love, a Coopers, yeah. Of course, yeah. it's a Coopers batch brew. One of their new ones. <laughs> they haven't even heard about yet. And there's Ruben leaving with a nice Coopers yeah, in hand. I you know. It always turns up with a smile on his face <laughs> if there's a beer. So, okay. So let Let's talk about um turning things professional. So you're obviously writing stuff. You're into stuff. Yeah. What What's the moment? Or who do you meet? Or what was the year where you go? Oh, this is what I do. Because well, what were you doing for work? And then all of a sudden, you're I wasn't doing wasn't doing a whole lot, man. I was just like bartending. Classic Frankston. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro. Fuck. <laughs> That's um, a stereotype for the rest of the country. Sorry. Hey, apologies to my friends. It's a, it's a cliche, but cliches are partly based <laughs> yeah, on the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, man. No, I was um I was still pretty young, bro. So I was like, you know, bartending, working uh, as a waiter at, at functions for weddings and stuff. I never want to hear the grease medley again as long as <laughs> yeah. I live. But or um, drive bunny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, I, and it was like, yes, yeah, I studied law at the same time, so I was doing that to keep my parents. That's right. Yeah, so I was doing that to keep mum and dad, like, keep the torch lit on the rap career. It's like, look, was that, you- were, they, were they lawyers or were they- No, dad's a teacher. Mum works with autistic kids. They're both right. um, approaching retirement So now. they wanted you to pay for their retirement. Well, yeah, they didn't, want, they didn't want me to become a rapper, <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, but the way, that, the, the way that we compromised was I'll do this degree if you can not charge me rent. Yes. And they're like, you know what? We'll do that. Yeah. And so by the time I graduated, I was two albums in 
and touring and, and I wasn't making much, but I was making enough to not have to go into law. Mm. And I would not have been a very good lawyer. So I, I've well, made like the, the right career. Well, the first few choice. seasons of MasterChef, everyone was lawyers. <laughs> well, they were all like, <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> but now I want to follow my food dreams. <laughs> like, yeah. Turns out most people don't want to be lawyers. Well, that was, bro, that's it. You, put, you see Boston legal and you get these fucking Hollywood ideas. And yeah, it's not that, bro. No it, way. It's hours and hours yeah, of reading. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ruined read. I listen to audiobooks. I can't read. I'm like, yeah, those days are behind me. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Okay, so then uh, long story short, let, that, that's debut album, isn't it? That is ready that is. to go, 2009. So what was the lead up to that? And, and what was the moment that kind of put all that together? Gotcha. So I was like doing, you know, four or five nights a week in Melbourne as at open mics, playing to, you know, 10 to 30, 40 people. And what kind of venues were you playing? For that Just time? pubs, bro. Pubs yeah. in Fitzroy, Brunswick, sort of mainly north side um, gigs. So me and my boys would jump in mum's car and drive over there, get petrol money from like gold coin donations on yeah. the door. It was like very fucking DIY. Did you have like live band or were you playing no, no, beats? No, or no, couldn't afford that, no. man. It was just like press play on a, on a track and off you go. Yeah. But um, I was di- did that for a year, year and a half. And one of those shows, an old uh, rapper called Phrase and Daniel Merriweather were at oh, the yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. And they saw me and they liked what they heard. So they took me to their studio, which Merriweather was recording his album at, and kind of took me under their wing. I ended up being Phrase's hype man. Did a Snoop Dogg tour. Uh, like we went out. It was the first time I ever played arenas, but they did not want a fucking bar of us. So hang on, you're doing pubs in Fitzroy. Yeah, and you're literally, playing. dude. It literally went from maybe in the space of eight weeks from yeah. doing twenty people, Merriweather being one of the people. He's like, gotta a- get through this. It's nah. He did. Is that um, Merriweather? He did, uh, start me. Oh, I said yeah. start me. Yeah. Is that not going to get us Daniel Beddingfield. Well? Oh, God. Come we'll on, mate. cut that out because I, <laughs> I can't look like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Johns? <laughs> Tomorrow? <laughs> Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we um, ended up doing that and it was, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of an adjustment. But from there, Obese, which was a, a fundamental record label, the biggest record label in Australian hip-hop history, I was like floating around – they, they took an interest in me, signed me, and then long story short came from that, and that was the debut, bro. Well, Chris, debut is 2009, but then the set, the follow-up was a year later, which yes. is like, there's no mucking around for your second No. Year. Yeah, it was, well, it was strike while the iron's hot, man. And again, I was like still studying. I was still trying to make it work. So there was no, there was no real room to sit on my ass and, and not get busy. And was it your live shows, you think, or were you getting radio play? Were the Jays playing you? The Jays started playing me on the second album. Yeah. The first one, they gave it a little bit of love. Miraculously, the, one of the songs got into the Hottest 100, which really allowed us to tour the country. And although we weren't making money. People don't realize now what a huge thing that was. The Hottest 100 was. It was the be all and end all, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it, it I really mean, it made was. careers, made my hundred percent. Yeah, so I got, I got very well. I wouldn't say lucky, but busted my ass. But there was probably a little bit of luck involved. But by the time the second album came out, Nova gave us a little bit of love on mm. one of the songs, and it just kind of went from there, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you've been very consistent since. Yeah, through that. Was there a moment though where you kind of had to? re like reevaluate things or was it always on, on a on a like w- what were you doing because i mean I, I feel australian hip-hop yeah. in your in the in the scene is big but probably uh mainstream is, isn't yeah but you were doing very catchy pop songs as yeah. well which i guess was why you've been kind of dotting around in every yeah in that's, every, i mean every that's what's that's why i'm probably still have a career yeah. but i was always like i've been so it's, it's funny because you get called, you get sort of labeled, you know, the sellout or the commercial mainstream artist, but it was, I always just like 
pop hooks, bro. Yeah. I always liked that kind of music. I listened to the Beatles as a kid, bro. Yeah. I wasn't listening to some fucking underground shit. I was listening to amazing melodies and, well, and I loved it. Well, openly talk oh, about they bro. want to write a pop song. Of course, They were bro. writing with one of the One Direction guys. And dude, like, Silver, were... Silver is one of my favorite Australian yeah. songs ever made. Yeah. And it's, yeah, testament to the strength of good pop. But um, Tightrope was the first song I had put out that really blew up. And even then, man, like getting called, you know, a sellout, rah, rah, when Tightrope blew up and it was doing the business and there was no one else really in Australian hip hop other than the hoods that were doing it, I got offered in New York by the head of one of the labels there to re-release Tightrope as an American single with, they had a feature lined up, I won't say who it was, but they were at the time very well known like we can do this fast track this but we have to make you rap in an american accent right. if you want us to release it i was like i can't do that yeah i can't go home with that so like all the there's the, a part of me that i would sit here and honestly say why not i would but i also love that exactly dude and so, the, so that's why i can sleep at night with all the like oh you're mainstream out it's like bro anyone that has been put in that position i reckon nine out of ten of them would take that take the, the quick thing but for me it was just like yeah i believe in this this is my life and you know it's it's it is what it is but I, when i say i make pop songs because i love it it's not to be you know to make the most money or whatever it's because mm. this is the shit that i fucking love and it's just taken at every point getting more confidence in my ability because it came from the underground rap scene yeah. there's not a whole lot of love for singers there yeah, but yeah. as i've moved into different fields and, and getting to meet more people and broaden my shit i've been able to be more confident with that writing yeah know? and now i'm making fucking dance bangers there's no rap yeah. within miles of yeah, the songs yeah. And so it works well, out. Well, I think even what was was Drake finally nominated for best urban release, but there was no rap. There well, you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fine. but that's what it feels to me. Is a bit every genre now is a bit of a gray area. Like, yeah, which is good. I yeah. Think, you know, yeah. I think like again, well, it means we, you can make the music you want to make now. Yeah. As opposed to what everyone thinks you should be making for real. And like literally, we're here with like you know two of my favorite groups in the in the country. And they're oh, and also your favorite radio show. I mean, and, and my favorite podcast. What a favorite, and my what, favorite what beer, Coopers. <laughs> honestly, it's a it's a house full of favorites right now. <laughs> I know. But yeah, man, like they're, they're also testaments to like you know where you start doesn't uh, necessarily mean where you finish. Yeah. And as long as you back what you're doing, then fuck it, man. Yeah. You know. And you were releasing albums very consistently. What What do you think for for what you're doing now? Streaming is is meaning in terms of are, are you kind of still wanting to release a, a complete body of work or are you very happy to yeah still figuring it out bro or, yeah. still figuring it out i think as, that, as everyone is yeah the tiktok stuff is like the real the real thing that's a bit um oh here we go okay our next pop in our mystery right. guest come on yes. in Tookie. how are you doing yeah good getting through it <laughs> i know we're just talking tiktok johnny any, any oh yeah 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 i've been working on some moves <laughs> <laughs> mate johnny Welcome. How's it working with Illy? You've um, well, why we asked Rubes before. How did you guys meet and um, and get working together? Because well, I just love the how everyone's kind of just, just gels with each other, and not just over Patty's mystery dinner. Well, I think I like me and Al knew of each other, but I think it was mainly because you knew Haley quite well. Yeah. So me and me and Tookie's wife go back to the jezebel's days um i love the jezebel's going up yeah. and um yeah i guess we kind of yeah we got into it through Haley, right yeah and we ran into you i remember at um a hotel in brisbane yes and um and i remember i ran to you at the pool there and then we we're like we should do a session one time and then we started and 
I know one thing I love about Al is like he's one of the quickest writers I've ever met, you know. So I'll be working on the song and, you know, coming up with a chord progression or whatever, just getting a vibe down. He'd be like, yep, took it, I'm ready to do it. And just like smash it out. And I'm yeah. like, how the, how the fuck do you even come up we with that? We were talking about that about, um, again, we, we shouldn't have caught up before because, you know, how- covered literally everything before we started. <laughs> I know. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. But about how like you've got something in your head about how something should sound and then you bring someone in like like Johnny or Rubes or whatever and they go, no, this is how it should sound and, and that's the right move. Yeah. It, mu- it must feel good to- be kind of going through this with people who you trust and, and, and believe in and yeah. you also admire and your fans of. That, that, that's the main thing, bro. Like, I love I love the DMAs. And like, like, like I said before, Silver is one of my favorite Australian songs that's ever been made. Mm. So there's that mutual, or at least there's the one-way admiration. No, so, it's funny. He said high was when Rubes was Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I played in the room. <laughs> but no, but but for real, like, that means that you go into a, you, you can go into a room and be slightly intimidated by it, but Johnny's the kind of dude that that, that goes away immediately. Mm. And like, it's really important when you're creating songs, as wanky as it sounds, it's really important that you're comfortable and you're with people that you, there's a mutual admiration. And every time we've been in a studio together, like Johnny Johnny says, I work quickly, he works quickly. So we can be in there for an hour or two and come out with a good idea. And that's just the best way to work because it's not always like that. So when you find people like that, you fucking, you, you keep hitting that, you know, you keep doing that. And we've got what, seven, eight, nine songs yeah. together now yeah. so yeah it's just, it's just fun bro making music with your mates like it, it's the best yeah well that's what we should have bought. maybe after tonight we can get a Hayley Mary DMA's Peking Duck Illy tour on the oh, <laughs> <laughs> and one of Patty's there's no pubs. rooms big enough in the country for us all bro <laughs> but so it, it, with, with, the, with the song that you guys are working on um, is, are there more in the works yeah yeah there's a, there's a bunch but it's funny with writing sessions like you know, obviously, it'd be different if um, Al and I had a project, you know, together or something, and we were doing that. But um, it's like whenever we're free, we yeah. catch up and we do. We both it. do live in Melbourne, so we both yeah. live in Melbourne, yeah. But nudge, one nudge. thing we have worked out is that, and and uh, the first writing session is always a bit weird. Um, but once you break through that, you know, and we're both pretty laid back dudes, and you know, there's there's got to be a, a certain element of chemistry and like. You know, um, also the fact is, is that when you're writing a song, if you're, if, if everyone in the room isn't feeling comfortable, it's very obvious very mm. quickly. Mm. Um, and, and the main thing I say to people when I write with them is that it doesn't even matter if we come up with something or not. Like let's literally, it's like my, my goal for when I wake up every morning is to just remember of when I discovered music when I was like 15 years old and I discovered songwriting. And if I can channel that energy and have that kind of fun yeah. in the studio, then the rest of it comes together. And that's the way I feel like when we go in the room, we're just having fun. We're mucking around with synths. And about how people beats. listen to music too, you know, it's like, I, I've said this a hundred times, like my favorite quote ever, there's Dennis Rodman always talks about, you play basketball for free, but you get paid to put up with the bullshit. Like you got to yeah. always remember why you're there in the first place and, and what got you there in the first place. hundred percent. And it helps that Johnny's studio is directly above a really well, good pub. Helps, so. <laughs> so, so if it ever gets too much, it's like, let's go have a beer. Yeah, let's fucking- Actually, very quickly, but you yeah. mentioned writing session a lot. For people who don't know what that is, including myself, like in a, in a snapshot, what is that? Like, are you walking in with all your notebooks or are you walking in with a blank page and you're 
starting with a beat or I've got a chorus, I've got this, or you're literally starting from scratch? I mean, with our sessions, like it's probably, I should probably be a little bit more prepared, but we've, um, we've kind of just every time gone in, Johnny's fucked around with some synths, got some chord progressions going, and then I don't I'll- think it would, I don't think it would work if I was more prepared, yeah. you know? The whole point of it is sometimes with a writing session, if you bring in an idea that's too fleshed out, it, it doesn't work, It yeah. doesn't feel like you've built it together, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's, well, you've got you the can, idea like, then. You yeah. can be like, oh, I'm going to bring this amazing song that I've got to you, but it means that the p- other person in the room isn't equally as invested in the song. So when you grow together and you write the song together and mm. nothing, it was like nothing was there at the start of the day. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you look at each other and go, we fucking created that. That's what's cool. For real. And it's almost like rungs on a ladder. Like, so if Johnny starts with a, a chord progression, then I'll come up with a melody and then he'll, the next step is him maybe adjusting some stuff or changing the drum pattern around what I'm doing. And then I'll then tailor the melody to that. And so it's sort of like this collaborative process the whole way until you end up with a full fleshed out demo. And then downstairs to the pub. And then downstairs to the pub. Yeah. And then back up and do it all again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's great, man. It's, it's the best. Yeah. You've yeah. been in Sydney for a, a couple of weeks working uh, on this album. And yes. You, you feel you're going home tomorrow. Yes. But you feel good. You, you It's been a solid it's solid work sesh yeah it's been it's been good man i like i've spent a lot of time away from home this year just mainly in sydney to be honest but it's it's all worth it and like next year with everything coming back from tour uh with tours and playing shows it's just exciting to be getting to the end of a body of work that you're stoked about and knowing that the future is going to be getting back to sort of pre-covid stuff because the last couple of years have kind of sucked because our like touring schedule prior to COVID was, you know, 70, 80 shows a year. And then that's been knocked down to like, you know, half a dozen to mm. 10. Mm. So like, I think me and my band are just looking forward to getting these songs done. I know the band are looking forward to me finishing these fucking <laughs> songs, but then getting back out on the road is like, that's the kind of the, the, the pot at the end, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, you know? So if you have an, if you need a hype man, remember one of the first. I don't know if I could afford met. you, bro. <laughs> if you're offering that, uh, let's I was go. doing a show at the Cafe <laughs> Del Mar in no. Darling Harbour, and I, I for some reason was emceeing something. Cut the power on me, didn't you? They cut the power, so yeah. no one knew what was happening. So I just stood up and talked to the crowd. <laughs> Well, I hid behind line. a Nova billboard. Yeah. <laughs> so again, if you have memories, huh? Really, oh, I know. <laughs> but uh, for the purpose of this, so we've got a release date. We've got some tour uh, things you can talk about, or a place we can just harass you and work out when it's happening. I mean, there's no, there's no firm date yet, but I'd be, I'd be hoping to have the album out sort of April, I reckon. So yeah, it's it's coming. It's going to come pretty quickly, man. So I'm excited. No, I wasn't nodding at you to leave. I was just nodding at you. How good's that? But you can leave if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. That's so so in the next six months, the album will be out, and then can get back to it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we finished the introducing podcast with someone that you'd like to introduce us to. So someone you're listening to or loving at the moment, or just heard on the way here today. Oh fuck! You put me on the spot. Yeah, we had plenty of time. Wait, so what? This is life. While you think of that, yeah. One thing I'll say is like that moment of like when you finish a um when you finish a record. Mm. And I know that feeling. It's 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 a funny one because a you're excited to tour it, and you can't wait to bring it to the band and to get it out there and to bring it to the fans and all that stuff. Mm. But it's also a massive relief 
um, creatively because it's like, okay, I did that and, and, and that's done now. And yes, people won't hear it for another six months, maybe to eight months, maybe to a year, but mentally for you, you're in um, that position where it's a line. clean slate. Yeah. yeah, it's a clean slate. And you're like, okay. Do you ever think that something's finished though? I do ask this to a lot of people. I don't get varying answers. Do you ever put something out and go, oh, it's done? Or you you are never happy? Or are you just well, like, that's a snapshot in time? I or? say it's um, it's never finished. It's yeah. just mixed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amen. <laughs> you you always look back at an album after a while and be like, oh, I could have done this differently or that differently. But for me, when I get the final mix, I'm fucking done with that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I want six months of not listening to it unless I'm performing it. Yeah. Bro, you know? But but you're right. Like it, the mental clarity you get as soon as the project's done, it's like I can creatively focus on what's next. Yeah. And it's fucking, it's, it's important. Yeah. But as far as like recommending who's next, well, no, I, but whatever you said, you're loving at the moment, doesn't it? You don't have to be a, the star predictor. Oh, what I'm loving at the moment? You say, boy, well, who, who do you want to tell us that you're loving? Dude, I'm really like, I, I mean, what I'm listening to, that Fred again, dude. Yeah. Like that yeah. shit is like been We're the on most the waiting impressive. list for that show in March, I think. Is that right? So 10,000 people. Yeah, yeah, good luck. For, good luck. But surely between yeah, all of us, he's surely great. between all of us, we know someone. Yeah, you'd hope so. <laughs> Maybe someone at Cooper's can hook us up. <laughs> but yeah, man, nah, like that's that's what I've been listening to that's a little out of left field for me at the moment. And um, yeah, it's, it's really feels like a fresh take on dance music, which I don't know a whole lot about, but it's exciting to see all the excitement around him. So it makes me think that I'm on a winning ticket there. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, mate, it's been uh, it's been great to actually finally sit down and do this. We've been talking about it for ages, and now we can communicate about other things. Yeah, we should do that podcast at Patty's house. Let's go over a beer, mate. Thanks, mate. Good on you, mate. Cheers.